Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Hello, and I want to say also thank you for joining us today. I hope that you'll follow along all the way to the end. We're going to answer a few questions about the Sabbath that have come in uh, through our webpage. And if you have a question, please, please go to our webpage. It's all been redone, and uh, we've worked hard on it. We had a lot of help with it, and I'm excited about it, and I hope that you will check that out. There's lots of neat little things on there to, uh, to look at. And so, again, open a Bible and follow along. That would be super duper. And we're going to talk about, again, the Sabbath. So I'm going to give you a moment to get your Bible and open it up. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, and then we will follow up in the book of Exodus chapter 31. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may He have the glory. Okay, so Exodus uh, 31 will be there in a moment. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Obviously, this is the uh, beginning of the Bible. If you're not there already, uh, hopefully you can find it pretty quick. Starting in verse 2, By the seventh day God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, because he rested from all his work, which God had made and created. And so, first of all, I want to say that this reading that we just did, this passage, does not say that God initiated the Sabbath keeping at this time. Uh, that simply that he just paused from creation. He, he rested. Nowhere in the Old Testament prior to the book of Exodus does it imply that anyone kept the Sabbath. In Genesis chapter 2, verse uh, 3 again, a commentary says uh, that I was reading years ago on why God selected the seventh day uh, for keeping, and is not uh, in Genesis 2, but it is when he does, Exodus 31. Exodus chapter 31. This is really where uh, the Sabbath keeping comes in play, and I'm reading for the New uh, American Standard. And we're going to start in verse 12 and read to, to the end of the chapter. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, that is, for you speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout the generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. There's that word sanctification again, the sanctifying idea, set apart. Therefore you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death, for whoever does any work on it, that person 
shall be cut off from among his people. Verse 15. For the six days' work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath, to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. From the six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. So we have, again, here is kind of a recap of the uh, creation story here in Exodus. God created everything in six literal days. Um, we have six literal days there. Israel's supposed to be working. On the seventh day, uh, they were supposed to stop and they were supposed to rest. So again, uh, God institutes a Sabbath keeping with the Israelites just before uh, he appears to Moses on Sinai. Uh, he did it with in connection of sending uh, manna from heaven. You can read that in the uh, pre in next chapter, uh, chapter 16. And note that God had Moses explain uh, to the Israelites the meaning of the Sabbath. If God's people had been keeping the Sabbath since the creation, there would be no need, I don't think, for any explanation uh, to Moses at this time. Okay, so another question that is frequently that we get over uh, the Sabbath, that the Sabbath commandment, is it a moral law? Well, no. And I say that because Sabbath keeping was never a moral law. It was not even a universal law. The, the Sabbath day law, which include, was included in the Ten Commandments, was part of the law of Moses, which was given only to the Jewish nation. Some try to make this distinction between the law of the Lord and the law of Moses, saying uh, the former, which was included in the Ten Commandments, were done away with. And I think it's important for us to note here that the law of the Lord and the law of Moses uh, were one and the same. And so, to show this to you, I want you to turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. And I, I want to pick just a few verses here to read because this podcast could be a lot longer than normal. I get mixed reviews on how long it should be. So uh, we just kind of do our best here to try to explain and hopefully give you enough information that you will want to go and research this a lot deeper for your own self. Once you learn this on your for yourself, uh, my father used to say they can take a lot of things away from you in this world, but they can never take your education. And I think it's important that we be biblically educated correctly and then just to read the bible for what it has to say that's why i encourage you to follow along in a bible uh, i would never intentionally mislead anybody but again um, i think it's important that you read it for yourself so nehemiah chapter 8 we're going to read verse 1 verse 8 and verse 14 Verse 1 says, And all the people gathered as one man at the square, which was in front of the water gate. 
And they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Verse 8. They read from the book, from the law of God, translating it to give the sense that they were understood the reading. Okay, so verse 14 here. Uh, I'm flipping my Bible just like you are, trying to get there. Okay, verse 14. They found written in the law how the Lord had commanded through Moses that the sons of Israel should live in booths during the feast of the seventh month. So this idea that Christians today uh, should follow the law of Moses, it's never been a done way with. I can't find anywhere in the New Testament from the day of Pentecost going forward that Christians, the church, celebrated this and went out and lived in tents. Uh, you just don't see the New Testament church really honestly uh, doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Is it okay um, to eat kosher? Well, I think it probably would be a very healthy uh, way of eating. We, we take that serious as we can financially afford uh, to eat correctly and healthy. And I, I think that's just uh, taking good care of the body that God has blessed you with. So, where the Ten Commandments, were they taken away? It's another common question uh, that we have received here. And, you know, we've had quite a few of these little questions come in in the middle of our series that we did on Christian evidences. And that was a huge hit. Uh, we had more people listen to that probably than any other series that we've ever uh, done. So if you've missed any part of that, yeah, I'm giving a little poke uh, for you somewhere along the way to go back and, and listen to that. And so uh, was the Ten Commandments taken away? Uh, well, they were fulfilled by Jesus. And with the Psalms and the prophets, uh, they were nailed to the cross. And Colossians chapter 2, we might read a couple more here, but Colossians uh, chapter 2, if you want to follow along there, starting in verse 14, says, Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile toward us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regarding to you on food or drink in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day, things of which are mere a shadow of a what was to come. But the substance belongs to Christ. And there's a lot of, this has really become more and more popular. Uh, I've noticed it with people at work as well, uh, within the church around me, the church members, really thinking that we all need to go back and we need to uh, act Jewish first, then Christian second. And uh, I, I'm struggling with that because like the verse I just read. And so I wasn't born Jewish. Uh, I was born Greek, more than likely you were too. Uh, and so we are not going to uh, be go back and become Jewish by a birth. And so 
you see that the in Acts chapter 15, the Jerusalem Conference, uh, I know several really hardcore Jews would laugh and make fun of that, but that's okay. That's their privilege. And so uh, we, we don't have that. I would encourage you uh, to read Galatians chapter 3, the, the entire chapter. Uh, the old covenant has to be replaced with uh, a new and better covenant. Uh, it, again, we just read it. It was nailed to the cross. And in Luke chapter 24, let's go ahead and read that. I was just going to refer to that. But let's, let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 24. I think I've read this before in previous podcasts, but that's okay. That's why we, we continue to read and study. And this would be Jesus talking here in Luke 24, verse 44 through 47. This is after the crucifixion, the resurrection, and just before uh, the ascension back to heaven. Okay, so this is kind of time frame where we're at. Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things that were written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Okay, verse 45, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them thus it is written that the christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day and that verse 47 repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning in jerusalem then we have uh, jesus talking in uh, what was called the sermon on the mount in matthew chapter 5 and this is here is Jesus again. He is talking, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For it is written, and I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, nor the smallest letter or the stroke shall pass from the law until it is all accomplished so uh, we are free from the old law which includes the ten commandments and the law of the sabbath the apostle paul says uh, we are free from that uh, we might be married to christ and in romans chapter 7 uh, we can read more of that i think there clearly shows that the ten commandments were part of this law which we were released from as christians and paul says uh the law said you shall not covet, and this is clearly in the commandments. So, anyway, uh, he's referring to that. I, I, would, uh, I would say the best of my abilities and understand we are free from the old law. And the old law uh, is full of things like these rituals and Sabbath days and festivals, and I really do not see Christians as a whole celebrating any of these uh, messianic jews i believe do they claim to be christian but yet are trying to keep the old law and so i might have a few people who believe that and that's fine um, i'm not i'm not here to to condemn you for that at all in fact i won't and so if that's what you choose to do i think that's between you and god okay and so the the tale the, the the tables of the stone were, were taken away. Uh, and we're going to find that in Second Corinthians here. 
That's a, a question that we have. So hold on here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. Get off the curriculum merry-go-round. When it is time to choose devotional books or study material, we have you covered. Small group and Sunday school study, new member ministries, marriage and pre-marriage programs, care ministries, divorce, grief, recovery, evangelism and outreach programs, Bibles for Everyone, a treasure house of resources for these needs. Just click on the banner, Church Source, on our website. So again, we have this comparison here that's often asked, and this person that emailed it, the tables of stone were taken away. Yeah, yeah. There can be no mistake here that the phrase table of stone in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, but the ministry of death in letters and grade on stones came with the glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his fading as it was. I think if you would really study the entire chapter of Second Corinthians chapter 3, you would see a, a, a comparison here. And I'm going to try to give you a brief one here for those who are taking notes. So bear with me here as we go through this. There, there's six things here that I, I like to point out. And this is all in, in um, the New Covenant versus the Old Covenant in, in, in the Second Corinthians chapter 3. Pardon me for that hesitant. First one, uh, in verse 2, you see that it was it's written on the heart. That's where the New Testament is supposed to be written, on our heart. The Old says tables of stone in verses 3 and 7. The second one is, it's of the Spirit in verse 6 in the, uh, the New Covenant, the Old Covenant uh, of the letter in verse 6. Uh, the third one here is the ministry of the Spirit, verses 8, versus the ministry of death in verse 7. The fourth thing here out of this chapter, the New Covenant is of righteousness in verse 9, and the same verse, the Old Covenant, shows one of condemning, condemnation. The fifth thing is surpassing glory in verses 7 through 10, and then the Old Covenant, verses 7 through 10 as well, talks about glory. And the final thing, the sixth thing is, that which remains, that is the New Covenant, verse 11, what that which fades away, which is obviously the old. So it's clear from this chapter here that uh, we just talking about here in Second Corinthians chapter 3, that the commandment that has to do with Sabbath, which was in the Ten Commandments, was written on table, tables of stone, which was part of the Old Covenant, and it has faded away. And here Jesus says, we read it just a minute ago, he did not come to destroy the law, but he, he, he says, I've come to fulfill the law. So yes, Jesus said, until heaven and earth passed away, not the smallest letter stroke would be done away with, but he, excuse me, he added, until it's all accomplished. So taken away uh, from the law of the Sabbath is, is not a reflection on uh, how good the Israelites served on that day or 
all the moral qualities of the Ten Commandments. And there's nothing wrong with obeying and following the Ten Commandments per se. You're still not supposed to steal. You're still not supposed to commit adultery. And you can find all of those have carried over those basic uh, ten laws into the new covenant. And I already know. Somebody's going to email and say, uh, you say the Sabbath is done away with. That's true. It has. And I have been saying that the entire podcast. But what I want to add here is there's still a day of worship. And under the new covenant, by following the example uh, of the apostles in the New Testament church in the book of Acts, that day is Sunday. And so I know there's a big popular movement. A lot of people say, oh, you can go to church uh, Saturday night after the sun goes down and it counts for Sunday since that's a new day. Uh, I think you're just playing uh, a game with yourself. Nothing wrong with going to worship services on Saturday, but why not do it on Wednesday night? Why not do it on Sunday night? Uh, And that's, you know, I've always wondered that when I preached all these years everybody had an excuse not to be at the church building on any given night of the week that they would go there saturday night early enough after the sun went down so they could go party and play all night saturday night sleep in sunday morning and feel good about themselves so um again we we under the new covenant we have this new and improved idea Again, read Matthew chapter 5. It is Jesus saying, hey, I have come to fulfill all of that. And he did. And then the question is, or somebody will say, that Jesus and the apostles observed the Sabbath. Yeah, they did. You're right. And the Sabbath and all the law of Moses. And Jesus was born a Jew, and he died as a Jew. Okay, so... You need to understand that the new covenant does not take place or really comes into force until after Jesus dies and the church is established on Acts chapter 2 when he's already ascended into heaven. And so we have the Apostle Paul. He attends a synagogue and he worshiped as a Jew. And the Sabbath teaches that Jews uh, should be doing that. And he honored the Jewish customs and practices for this reason, so that he may influence the Jews for Christ. And you can read this. Let's do that real quick. In Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. And we're going to just read verse uh, 17 here. After three days, Paul called together those who were the leading men of the Jews And when they came together, he began to say to them, Brethren, though I had done nothing against our people or our customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Notice here, but he he never says the word observed the Sabbath as a required religious duty. you notice his stand on circumcision, you know. All these people, especially these guys who think uh, we need to be going to uh, back to the Old Covenant, I think uh, they've never read uh, Galatians chapter 2 because uh, in the first five verses, here we have this 
commenting on the Jerusalem conference. And for these people who, as Christians today, they want to go back and practice the old law, I wonder how many grown men really want to be circumcised. I, I've known some grown men who did that, and boy, were they uh, not very comfortable for uh, a period of time. And so uh, I would consider that before we start throwing around we have to go back to the old law. It would stop a lot of this talk, I think. So back to Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. Then after an interval of 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem uh, with Barnabas taking Titus along also. This 14-year interval is a very interesting statement that he makes. And so we know from the moment that Saul in the book of Acts chapter 8, the church is worried about him. They send him away and they send him to Tarsus. And now we have the Jerusalem conference. If you're reading in Acts chapter 15, there's somebody says, where's Paul? And then somebody says, oh, yeah, we sent him home, remember, 14 years ago. And so there, you can date those chapters by that very statement alone. Okay, so verse 2. It was because of the revelation that I went up and I submitted to them the gospel, which I preached among the Gentiles. But I did so in private to those who were of reputation for fear that I might be running or had run in vain. Verse 3. The night even Titus, he was with me, though he was Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. But it was because of the false brethren who secretly brought him in who had sneaked into a spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, in order to bring us into bondage. But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. So, uh, again, this idea that we all need to go back to the Old Covenant, well, part of that would be circumcision, guys. I, I would really, I'm glad that you don't have to do that under the, the New Covenant. And so this idea, again, we kind of alluded to it here a moment ago, but who changed the Sabbath? Who changed the Sabbath? Well, the Adventists who, who really love to argue that the Roman Catholic Church changed the Sabbath uh, observance from Saturday to Sunday long after their church was established. They, they try to quote uh, Constantine in 321 A.D. and, and a Council of 364 is proof. But upon reading it, it's, these, it's clear that the only reflective and official section it was really already in practice catholics believe that, that the church uh, since the first century uh, through its councils and popes have, have the power to change the religious laws and practices and and that's why some of the writers given uh, the christian uh, excuse me the catholic church credit for this official recognition of sunday worship but if you would really read catholic scholars as i have uh, there's a man by the name of Father Richard Felix, and he talks about this in 1950. And so, really, at the end of the day, his conclusion is the Galley Church really didn't change it. It's been going on since Acts chapter 2. And so, anyway, uh, the Holy Spirit is the one in charge of the worship. 
and set all that forth. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. All show that Sunday is the first day of the week as the Lord's day is worshiped for Christians. And Jesus arose from the dead on this day. In Mark chapter 16, the church is established on the day of Pentecost, which would be a Sunday, 50 days after the Passover Sabbath. So, Christians met on the first day of the week. Acts 20 verse 7 uh, again says that, and so does uh, Revelation 1 verse 10 for all those uh, who always tell me I, I need to know the book of Revelation better. But there you go. John's in uh, worshiping on the first day of uh, the week. So, again, Sunday is not a holy Sabbath. Sunday is not a holy day in the sense that it was a Sabbath. Uh, there are no laws or rules that regulate what we may or may not do on a Sunday. Uh, a Christian should do his very best, I believe, to be in worship somehow, some way. Uh, and some, if not a lot of our listeners, honestly, uh, there are no church buildings where they're at. Uh, mainly because Christianity is not a recognized religion, or it's illegal to be a Christian where they're at. Uh, and I, we really do have those, and I'm not going to tell you where, uh, but I do know they're there. And we pray for those people. Well, they've asked for prayers. I've encouraged you as our listeners, if you're in the USA, to really open your eyes and understand uh, the church is much bigger than the one that you go in with four square walls and a certain name on it. Okay, It is people. Jesus did not die for brick and mortar. He died for people. And those people in some of these countries uh, live in fear of their lives, and yet they still get together in each other's homes and worship publicly. Uh, you can read about this stuff over and over again. It's So many Christian publications are starting to actually bring a lot more light to this. So, um, again... I said this earlier, I don't believe it's a sin to observe the Sabbath unless you are making a substitute for it and, and forcing others to obey that. And I would encourage you to read Romans chapter 14, an argument of what I'm just saying. So, again, uh, Genesis chapter 2, 1 and 3 says that God instituted the Sabbath at the end of creation. No, it just says that he rested. And nowhere again, prior to the book of Exodus, does it apply or imply anyone kept the Sabbath. Moses usually attributed it again as being the writer of Genesis, which means uh, Genesis, the re recording of the creation, uh, written hundreds of years after the fact. And Moses does not uh, say this. He just says that. God rested, period. It's all it really says. Again, to kind of sum up the question, was the Sabbath commandment a moral law? No. Uh, Sabbath keeping was never a moral law, uh, nor was it universal. I mean, moral laws usually have to do with uh, sex or crimes against other people, that type of thing. And so the Sabbath day law was included, yes, in the Ten Commandments. And it was part of the law of Moses. Again, that was only given to the Jewish nation. Again, if you missed it, 
Uh, that is in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, and Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 13 and 14, which we read earlier in the podcast. So, again, uh, I, I think this is some important questions I think that Christians have had. I've had a lot of this type of questions in the past 20 years. This is nothing new, and I know this kind of a movement has been going on for some time. It does pick up steam, and it kind of loses steam, um, but it always seems to be somewhere in the background. Again, so uh, I certainly hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. We've made a lot of changes recently to the to the podcast. If you've listened all the way to the end, you've noticed um, that we have some young ladies who are trying to help us out. Uh, this was some suggestions that we received from some regular listeners, and we took that serious. We prayed about it. Uh, we have made those changes. Uh, we certainly hope and pray that uh, God will continue to be glorified. We've obviously made some changes and upgrades to our website. If you've never been there, please go there, check it out. And if you haven't been there in a while, I would encourage you as well to please go there and look things over. We still have a prayer request, so if you have any prayer requests, uh, we would love to uh, add you to our prayer list. You just simply need to fill out the contact form there on the webpage. We would love to be able to do that. Please tell your friends and family about us, and hit that like button on your favorite podcasting app, and you can always listen to the podcast on our webpage. And you can also listen to previous ones as well. And so, uh, again, I want to thank you for listening. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.